A wild LVSG podcast has appeared. LDSGamers.com What's up, everybody? This is Justin Thomas, and I'm your host for the LDS Gamers podcast for the months of September 2016. Today we're joined by Malice Fulpus. Howdy. Stud Muffin. Oh, hey. Valiant Beast. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you, a simple high would have, would have been fine. Uh, but that, <laughs> that's, that, that's not good enough. You gotta do more. That was amazing. And we are also joined by the counterpart to Valiant Beast, Valiant Beauty. Hey, guys. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for all jumping on. This is our first time to have... Well, technically, it's not Beast's first time on the podcast. He was the pioneer, if you will, of the LDS Gamers podcast, he and Beauty. Um, they had our very, very first video podcast, and that was... What, gosh, the one was, that? was that last year? Yeah, it was oh, the one, yeah. Only, yeah, the yeah. one <laughs> only video podcast. It was last year. Wow. Time flies. So we appreciate them pioneering the way through so that we've ended up where we are today. And so now we're, we're pumped to have you guys back, and we've had you on here before, but you guys are on here together. Yeah. So that's awesome. And that's I'm very so pumped sweet. that Malice and Stud are here as well. So we're going to jump right into things. And we're going to talk about what we've been up to a little bit, because it's been a little bit, just like I say every time, it's been a little bit since our last podcast, and again, it is my fault. And uh, but we're going to, we've been talking amongst uh, the staff about how we want to push more content out, and I think what we're going to end up doing is end up having multiple podcasts um, that we do more frequently. So instead of having one just big, long podcast where we try to tackle a bunch of different games, um and a bunch of different co- topics. We're going to end up doing like one or two, uh, two or more even. I don't know. It depends on what we get into. But just like more frequent so we can have different different casts on different podcasts. Like one maybe specifically for Destiny because Destiny is, you know, it's, it's big and it's back. You know, it's we've got a lot of people that are playing that game. And so to have its own podcast might be better for those that don't care or hate Destiny. And would rather not listen to an LDS Gamers podcast about Destiny. But... We'll see what we can do. We'll see how it goes. Um, so I've been—I don't know—I've been up—I've been up to—I made a triumphant return to Destiny, and because I looked at, because every year the the two years that Destiny's been going on, they have like a, like a culmination of all your achievements. And if you do all the most important things in the game, you get this reward at the end, and it was—it's called the Moments of Triumph, and I had like. Gosh, when did I start that? It must have been like with like 20 days left in the year um, that you that you had allotted to you, where you could get those achievements. And I was like, I, you know, I've, I've missed so much because I really, I mean, I took a break from Destiny and a lot of gaming in general. But uh, I went, I looked at 20 20 days, so I figured I'd ask for some help, and the clan just like has stepped up and like completely helped me through. Um, my moments of triumph for year two, and so I got it all done. Like, gosh, it was like this. It was this week, so it would have been it would have been Tuesday, yeah. So just a few days ago, and I got it done. So that was that was awesome. So the clan came through and helped me. So that was awesome. Um, I've been doing a little bit of Pokemon Go. We'll talk about that. It's a sensitive subject, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into that. And uh, 
So the stuff I'm looking forward to, though, is obviously Destiny, Rise of Irons coming out. We're going to talk about that as well. Um, but also Titanfall 2. I was not fortunate enough to get in on the beta uh, because I am lazy. And uh, <laughs> I'm so lazy I don't even play video games when I... <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Titanfall 2. And I'll just I tell you, really, it was a lot really... of fun. I got to... I got to... Oh, my gosh, bit. stop it. it. It was so great. I can't believe you missed it. <laughs> oh, man. I, I really am just so bummed I missed it because Titanfall is just such a fun game. I mean, it got... You know, it was quickly replaced by Destiny in like a lot of people's playing schedules, I guess. But... Um, I'm excited for it to come back. I think it's going to come back at a time where people will be just getting over the Rise of Iron um, binging that they'll be doing. And so I think Titanfall 2 will be a nice little refreshing intro. Yeah. So And Titanfall 1 was the first game that released with Xboxes. When you yeah. got the Xbox One, that was yeah. the only one you could play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And it, it was just such a good game. I mean, it, we, we've talked about it before, but it was just such a... Almost like a groundbreaking game, not only just for the console, but also for like first-person shooters, I believe. Because it just added a whole bunch of new mechanics to, to first-person shooters, which were just really cool. So, yeah, we might get into that. I think that's you know. the first first-person shooter that really got me into... Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I tried Halo, but I just I was never good at that. It's really competitive. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Malice Volpus, take it away. What have you been up to? Um, so I'm getting back in touch a little bit lately with The Sims. I, that, The Sims is probably the whole reason that I got into gaming in the first place. Like, oh, really? um, my, my whole family, we were like a Super Nintendo family, uh, way past the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube release, because we were just old school, I guess. That and broke, but, um, The Sims 4 <laughs> was like the first computer game, like the first PC game I really ever played. Uh, well, The Sims, sorry. And, and me and my sister both got addicted to it, and we kind of got carried away with it. Um, maybe it's because we're a little bit control freaks or something. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I will control lives. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I, I, I bought The Sims Four a while back before I had a better rig than I do now, thanks to Stud Muffin. You do have a Reliance computer, I must say. And and so I last week I my Paragon stream fell through, and I ended up streaming The Sims instead because I was like, well, I can play that by myself, and I haven't done it in a long time. Um, <laughs> And it, it, it was really nice, because it was just a really, like, chill game to play, but at the same time, I gave myself challenges and stuff, so it made it fun. Um, uh, I was going to say, that's that, quite the jump from the Sims, <laughs> from Paragon to The Sims. Yeah, but outside of that, I'm still playing Paragon. They just released a new hero. Um, uh, nice. Don't ask me to pronounce her name, though. Uh, as always, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Lieutenant something. Uh, ah, it starts Lieutenant the B. something. Um, but then, of course, I'm playing Paragon because it's the prettiest game ever, and I just can't stop. Lieutenant Belisha. There we go. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, I'm playing Minecraft because when am I not yes. playing Minecraft? Um, yes. A little bit of Pokemon Go, and I did fall into the trap, in my opinion, that was No Man's Sky. So, mm. yeah, that's that's it for me. Cool. Why are people so salty about No Man's Sky? I liked it. <laughs> we will get into that. Save it. Okay. Save it. Okay. <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky, and cool. I've also been playing a lot of Factorio. And y'all said y'all hadn't heard of Factorio. Um, it was Malice and I streamed it several weeks ago when we kind of first got it, and it was probably one of the bigger streams we had, live streams. Um, and it was pretty good. It's the premise of the game. It's still an alpha. Um, it's a two-dimensional world, kind of. What, what do we call that? It's not really two D. 
It's, it's not 3D. It's the same graphics as like Command and Conquer and the really old yeah, Red Alert games. Yeah, like Red Alert. Yeah, so it's it's based heavily on that. Even like the the scripting commands are a lot of the same if you program it. But the premise of the game is you're this guy, this little space dude, but you've crash landed on the alien planet, and the goal is to harvest the resources and build a rocket to leave the planet. So it's about creating a giant factory, harvesting resources, making your factory more efficient and automated, making robots do work for you, and fighting off alien bugs that come to attack you as your pollution grows the bigger your factory gets. Nice. But it's, it's actually a lot of fun just not necessarily to launch, launch the rocket and beat the game, but to keep making factories over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> kind of all I do, but it's fun somehow. I, I yeah. like it. It's fun. How is the uh, like replayability? I mean, is there like an end game, or is it just you sit down for a session? Um, it takes a lot of hours to actually beat it. People have done speed runs, and it takes them like two hours at the least, I think. Oh, okay. But like some servers go on for you know days or weeks at a time, and just depend, kind of depends on what you do and how you organize things. Oh, gotcha. And uh, they just finally have updated it, so the multiplayer actually works. The problem with it before was every computer had to talk to each other, which was really inefficient. Now they've actually got a, <laughs> yeah. a server setting working, so it, it actually works. Oh, so awesome. it's starting to grow in popularity now that you can actually play online better with people. Oh, that's so, cool. It's a great game. I like it. Awesome. How's the progression, like, as far as, like, achievements for getting certain resources or something? Are there resources that are, like, more rare um, the rarest resource I would say is, they call them alien artifacts. You have to go destroy bug bases to get them. Okay. And the, the, there, are, there is a little bit of artificial intelligence in it, so the longer the game goes, the tougher the bugs get, the bigger their nests get, the more tricky they are to go around your defenses to attack your base and attack you. So you have to kind of be strategic in your placement of your turrets and everything, your defenses. That's cool. So that's on PC? Yeah, it's on PC and on Mac. Oh, okay. Nice. Sweet. Well, awesome, man. Uh, Beast, what have you been up to? I'm just killing stuff. I <laughs> <laughs> do best. Just killing stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You been playing any other games other than Destiny right now? Um, I've played Halo, tried a few uh, betas, tech tests and stuff. Like Titanfall 2, I got to play that. Played a little Battlefield One, just kind of nice. testing the waters. From the community, got into Titanfall Two. Did you guys do it all together, or? Yeah, we had a few people run together. A um, bunch of guys from Halo and Destiny jumped oh, over, okay. and we'd run them. It was it was nice. pretty fun. I'll be interested to see kind of how the final product is. I was I was somewhat underwhelmed, I guess, with the tech test. Oh really. Was but, it just, like, really buggy, or what was going on? No, I I don't know if I'm just so used to Destiny's gameplay that it was kind of an adjustment to go back, and so I just didn't like it, or if it oh, if there was something that was actually off with it. Um, you, you know, it might just be something I need to go back to, and maybe even just go back to the first one and play that a few times to get back into the movement of it. So I don't know if it was just yeah, that, really or if, it's, uh, if there was actually something off with it. Yeah. Destiny's got those smooth gunplay mechanics yeah. and Titanfall kind of bounces a little. But right. there were yeah, you're like a monkey running out of the place. <laughs> yeah, climbing <basically>. stuff. <laughs> climbing on Titans and... <laughs> yeah. 
there were a few changes they made from the first one that I didn't like too much, and then a few that they made that I liked more. Um, like, they had a grappling hook for one character, so you could jump farther. The mobility was better. Um, the, okay. The Titans felt too squishy now. Um, they'd take, take shots too quickly. But if you were a, a soldier running around and you jumped on one, it took way too long to take them down. Because you'd jump on them and take out like a battery and then you'd have to throw like eight grenades inside their head before they die. <laughs> <laughs> and it would jump you off every time you threw a grenade in. So instead of like, you know, in the first one you jump up and you like open it and then you'd shoot it over and over. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. You like jump up and you like take the battery out, you throw a grenade in and you jump off. Then you have to jump back oh. up and throw another grenade in and then you jump off. It's not realistic. I mean, if right. you're going to do something, you're going to finish it. <laughs> so, exactly. so that might be part of what was bothering me. I do know that after the tech test, they did come out and say there were some things with the movement that they didn't they didn't work the way they wanted them to. So they were going to do some adjusting with that. So there might, yeah. you know, there might yeah, be we meant to do that. a few things. <laughs> yeah. So there might be a few things there that are changed that make it better. Oh, okay. Make cool. it more better. Yeah. Make it more make better. It more better. More better. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Beauty. What have you been up? What have you been up to? Um, mostly destiny. I've been playing some syndicate. Um, is that Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Oh, okay. Redeemed itself from the last one? one, I feel like. I didn't like oh, really? Unity so much, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't Yeah, I, I feel like the French one. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel Yikes! Like I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like this one kind of redeemed the, the series, or the name of Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'll have to check it out, because, yeah, Unity kind of turned me away. Yeah, I, I, I'm really... I like the option of playing as a female character that's nice for mm. me like i because you're well, sure, doing yeah. like all of the side quests and stuff you can run around as either character and so i've been running around as evie and i i kind of like that that option well sure yeah so More relatable mm-hmm. yeah they making Assassin's creed movie though? too yes they are when was that supposed to come out this holiday season yeah uh, instead of a really? game they're doing a movie because they usually had like the yearly release yeah. So their yearly year release movie. this year is the Ezio collection. So they're doing like Assassin's Creed 2, Revelations, and Brotherhood all in like a bundle. Yeah. Are they like remastering them? Yeah. Or. Oh, they are. Yeah. Ooh. That changes things because they're already like beautiful games. Right. So to have them remat. Oh, wow. That, we'll that get was, into that. That was we'll one of my a... favorite stories, too, was Ezio's, Ezio's storyline. Yes. I really liked yeah. that. But... Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, so we've uh, we've got. Oh, cool! Have you been up to anything else? I didn't want to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh no! I, well, along with that uh, movie, I don't know if anybody's looked at it, but the leap of faith is real in the movie. What? So that I think that'll be. That'll is be he wearing cool. like a space sh- a space suit with like no. Red Bull logo on it? <laughs> no, they <laughs> they did up. this whole <laughs> thing where they showed it and they had him jump from a bunch of different heights first to see like how big the landing needed to be, how like how much air <laughs> needed to cushion before he actually jumped. I think he jumped from 128 feet. So like it's like the highest yeah. stunt jump. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool to watch like the whole thing unfold. 
makes it. Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it more. Uh, I think it makes it more exciting, like to actually see it because it's real. It's not like animated or anything. He actually jumps it. Yeah. I just want to see knows- in the movie if he actually lands in a cart of hay. <laughs> <laughs> Two foot cart of hay. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody looks like. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, awesome. Well, let's jump right into this then. Uh, we usually go over what's going on in our Discord community because our Discord community is kind of like the living, breathing aspect of LDS gamers. And I know a lot of people aren't like on Discord, and or if they are, they aren't very active. And and because uh, we have you know we have our Facebook community, but it's kind of like really slow, and people can post links every now and then, but. On Discord, it's so much more like instant. You, you get feedback. Like, I mean, people are on all the time. And I'm going to jump into our numbers. Uh, I usually, like I usually do, we're up to uh, almost 900. We're at 885 people right now, and we're hovering around about 100 concurrent users. So that's 100 people that are connected at any one time, and that is amazing. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Compared to where we've come, like where we came from, from like 200 people total, yeah. and like. What was like it at when, when we jumped in? But when we, well, when we jumped from Slack to Discord, we were at like maybe like fifteen people <laughs> at any one time. Yeah, and that was you know that was uh, like what six, seven, eight months ago now. I don't yeah. know. Wow. So yeah, it's we're growing and that's awesome and it just keeps getting better and what's been really interesting is so the Xbox preview program rolled out and I guess they took like a selection of people within that uh, preview program group and gave them the update first that included um, Xbox clubs and the cool thing about Xbox clubs is that it gives you like a quick view into like this group of people that you share similar interests with. So, I mean, it's perfect for LDS gamers because we could create a group on there and everyone could just, you know, search for our group and all join it on their Xbox without having to learn about our website, without having to learn about our Facebook, without having to learn about Discord. It's just another way for, for people to join the community. Um, and so I was really excited about that because they said, like, oh, you know, your group name are going to be just like your gamer tags. Like, you know, you can't share it. Like, it's very unique, you know, and... So I'm thinking like, oh, I was very anxious to get into the group. And what ended up happening was that first group of people that were allowed to go through, I wasn't part of that group. And neither was like anybody (laughs) in our LDS Gamers Discord group, except for one guy. But by the time we all got the the update, um, I jumped in there and I created the, I went to go create the LDS Gamers group, or club rather, I'm sorry. And someone had already created it. I was like, no, who is this? And so I, uh, I jumped in there and tried to join (laughs) How dare they? So I jumped in there and it's the way it works is you have to like request an invite. And so I requested an invite and didn't hear back for a day or two. And so I got kind of frantic and I created the LDS gamers official (laughs) account (laughs) and just told everybody to join that. Cause I didn't know who was going to be in the other group, you know, in the other club. So, or who was in charge of it. Cause it wasn't anybody in our community that I could tell. Um, so I ended LDS gamers, (laughs) XLDS gamers, and, uh, I'll show them, I'll take their club name. No, but, uh, (laughs) what, uh, what ended up happening was actually really cool because, um, 
we got we started getting people into the uh, Xbox. I mean, I'm sorry, the LDS Gamers Official Club, and I ended up getting an invite back into the LDS Gamers Club. And I talked to the creator. I said, "Hey, just so you know, like I don't, I didn't want to like be a doink or anything, but I created the LDS Gamers Official Group so I can get everybody that's on our Discord server into a group who had the preview finally." And Do you like, know oh, who I am? Do you? I am, know? I am LDSG Ghost. <laughs> oh, this gosh. belongs to me. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did name drop a little bit, though. I did say yeah, I'm the founder of LDSGamers.com. And this is <laughs> but, no, I... Uh, no, he, he was, yeah, I know. He was, he was totally cool about it. He was like, oh, you know, I didn't know you guys existed. This is so cool. This is awesome. I'll give the, I'll give the, the club to you guys. Not a problem at all. And I was like, wow, you know, that was really cool. So it was just really cool to see his, like... Um, he wasn't like combative at all. He's just like, oh yeah, absolutely. Here you go. I just I'm, I just grabbed it because I'm part of. Turns out he works for Microsoft, and um, he's part of like those super beta people that get to test everything before even the preview people do. So, as an Xbox or as a Microsoft employee, he was able to grab that uh, that club name. So that was really cool. And uh, so now we have a new friend. We have a new LDS gamer that's in our Discord chat, and that was uh, Keggity. I think is his name. Keggity. Yep, Keggity. Right. I like Keggity, it. Keggity, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So he's he's really cool. And um, so we've got uh, the Xbox Club up, and that's like I said, LDS Gamers Official. So if you're looking for us, just type in LDS. You'll see a bunch of other stuff pop up. Um, I think BYU. There's like a BYU Gamers one, or just uh, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff in it that pops up. But we're if you're looking for us, we are the LDS Gamers Official Club. So. Um, so we have been so official. That's <laughs> such a big deal. Yeah. So <laughs> we've uh, we've been talking a little bit as uh, a staff, and we're trying to get because you know we've heard from you guys that we want more content, and so we're actually discussing some machinima prospects. Is I am I saying that right? Machinima. Yeah, yes, machinima. I think so. Yeah, yeah. machinima. But uh, yeah, we're we're talking about. Um, coming out with a with a little web series um we've already got one of our writers that's already written up like almost like a storyboard for the first episode and it's it's actually pretty funny um this this one in particular is more or less like destiny related but uh it's more content and it's a little funny and i think it'll be nice to have stuff like that out so um we had put out a survey um, a while back, and we had asked for some... There's a fly in here. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, buzzed the microphone. It was like... That's crazy. I like when a fly gets in your ear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to edit that out, so enjoy. <laughs> um, gosh, what was I talking about? Yeah, so we had this uh, survey that we put out, and we had some people send in some questions, and we picked some of them last time to talk about, like, I think, like, it was, like, the prank question and something else. But we have, we'll do three questions right now because we don't take up too much time with it. But we want your questions to be answered. And someone asked, what has been your favorite PC game of 2016 and why is it your favorite? So I will leave that up to you guys because I haven't played anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um... I I gotta say, even though I haven't been playing it a lot lately, mostly because I didn't update it for forever and I was lazy about it, um, 
the game Stud Muffin was talking about earlier, Factorio, might be one of the best games I've ever played. It's so simple, and it really, like, takes me back to my Command and & Conquer and Red Alert roots. Um, mm. But I also, I'm, I'm not a very technically-minded person. My dad was a mechanic, so I kind of know my way around, like, working out how things work, but I'm not as good as Stud Muffin is. He's, like... He's a, a hardware genius. I know too much. <laughs> I know too much. I've seen too much. And so he's he's addicted to Factorio. Like he's come over to my place to play video games with me, and he's ended up just playing Factorio behind me while I play video games <laughs> that aren't Factorio. And and it's like it's really great because it really challenges people who think that way. And and it's not um, one of those obscure oh well you almost thought you reached your goal and then we're gonna change it kind of things, which frustrates the heck out of me. But <laughs> It's um, it's it's really great because you can it, no matter how well you play the game, you can always make yourself play it better the next time. Like there's always something uh, you can do a little bit more efficiently, or organize a little better, or um, just wipe out all the bugs a little faster. Like the first server that we put together that we were playing on uh, with Psycho and a couple of other people, we we just we reached the point where we could build the rocket and we just skipped it and we just kept <laughs> like kept building and kept expanding and kept wiping out bug uh populaces mm-hmm. <laughs> i actually finally just launched that rocket like two weeks ago just to say i did and it, we started playing it back in like i think march i think it was. It, yeah. it was a long time ago so so the fact that he just finished that server off two weeks ago like that was a really entertaining thing that we just kind of drug out because it was fun um that's awesome but so it's not the the graphics aren't fantastic. They're very old school. But at the same time, like the because of that, the, your frame rates are automatically better. And it this game could run on a potato. <laughs> it probably could <laughs> make um, it happen. But you have the to thing, see this. but it doesn't. Whenever you first start playing, there's so much more to discover. It doesn't break everything down for you in a tutorial and give you kind of a guidebook of how to do everything. Um, it has little little hidden treasures in it, like things that I didn't think that I would discover that I ended up having to show Psycho and Stud Muffin when we first started playing the game. Um, I was like, I'm going to stay at base and build and make things. You guys go kill stuff. And that's kind of how we decided we were going to play it. Pew, pew. And <laughs> yeah. by, the, by the end of my kind of time where I was really focusing on that game, I had just pushed forward so much in building and, and technology advances and stuff that one time I was just like, hey, Stud Muffin, you have to come over right now so I can show you this. <laughs> and and he's like, what? And I, so I was like, see this see this thing? And and he, I like put what looked like an orb in my inventory. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to carry this and I'm going to go help you kill some bugs. And he's like, you actually want to kill bugs? And I was like, yeah. So we ran over to a base that looked pretty intense. And he's like, well, you stay behind me. I'm going to set up some turrets. And I was like, ah! And I just ran in and threw the orb... <laughs> And all Malice Jenkins! <laughs> Malice Jenkins! And I, and I just started circling the bugs, and I threw the orb, and like five robots popped out and started defending me and attacking the bugs and stuff, and I just oh, took nice. them out by myself. And it was the most beautiful <laughs> look on Studbuck's face. Like, Mouth agape. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen him so flabbergasted, and I've never been so excited to kill things in a game, because that's not usually my gameplay style. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you're more of the Minecraft type, yeah. Yeah, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But... <laughs> I'm a lover and a builder. <laughs> exactly. And and Stud Muffin, we balance each other well because he's more of the destroyer type. I'm gonna wreck yeah. it. So he only builds so he can destroy. Um, so it's, it's a really good balance for people. Like if you've got friends that don't play the same game play style as you do, Factorio is a really good middle ground that'll kind of pull you both out of your shells. Nice. Just because there's so much to do, actually. Uh, to actually beat the game, that's where multiplayer comes and make it really fun. 
Um, one of the servers I started I had 16 people playing on, all working on the same factory. It was actually kind of fun just to start the server, people start joining in, and I don't have to do anything if I don't want. I could just sit there and watch everyone build stuff and make the factory yeah. bigger. It was really cool. That's awesome. So you all work together as a team. Now, is this something that you, we could make like an LDS Gamer server out of? And have you, you could. Play it, or is it, is it just... Yeah, like you, it, you could. Um, it it, it like takes a little more management system? because it's not the best server quality yet as far as like automatic reboots or restarts of a game. Oh, so you have to be kind of heavy on it to create new maps to start over the server. I'm working on, I am working on stuff to make that easier. I feel like I'm one of the few people actually doing it because right now I'm running the server on my computer given I have a good mm-hmm. computer and I have Google Fiber. But right now my server, I want to well, say, is like well, one of the well. better ones in America. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I have one server on that I that I give up to, for people to play on that's regular. Um, another one of my friends, Psycho, in our LDS Gamers group, um, is working on a custom script, make one a PvP map. So you have two factories oh, going God. side by side, and the goal is to destroy the other team's factory. <laughs> that so, sounds like fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It gets pretty crazy. stuff going on. <laughs> That's great. Sweet. Well, we'll go ahead and move on. Um, did Actually, Beast and Beauty, did you guys have any PC games you guys really liked this year? Nothing new. I mean, all the stuff I liked. I like the, like, mystery puzzle Solitaire? games. Oh. No, no, just like the mystery, like, story puzzle games type, you know, like, you have to find the clues uh-huh. and solve the puzzles and really simple games. I don't know. Those, yeah. I've always liked those, so that's really what I do on PC. That's my... have, have you guys <laughs> played the, the room games, like on the iPad or the iPhone? Yeah. Oh my gosh, those are so much fun. I know, and then and then I get I, to the last one and I finish it, and then I don't know what to do. Yeah, because like, oh, there's no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there was oh man, if you like stuff like that, uh, I'll have to talk about it next time because I can't find the website right now. But it's like this. It it's kind of expensive. I think it's a couple hundred bucks. But what you do is you you usually do it as a gift, but it's like the service um, that you can order that sends like these boxes and these trinkets and these like documents to people and they can like they're like puzzles you like they don't know who's sending this stuff it's like this company that's doing it but they don't know like who told the company to do it and like they have to work out all these clues and like if there's like a box you have to unlock a certain way and it's like like yeah this massive like you know hunt is just like with um the room games, but it's well. Have it, you ever it, it done the like, them, like live versions month. of those? The like I escape not, games, but they sound they, awesome. They're they're yeah. pretty fun. They're pretty fun. We we did one for my brother's birthday uh, last year, and uh, it it's pretty fun. You get like six or seven people go in, and they start you off with one clue, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to get out of the room or you know solve the problem. And yeah, the, those are that's fun. really cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Well, uh, we'll jump right into the next question here, and it was, can I have your phone number? I should have wrote down, like, who asked these questions, but that would have been the smart thing to do, but I am not smart, so. It says, can I have your phone number? And yes, yes, you can. Our phone number is 725-333-LDSG, and I'm not making that up. That's actually our phone number. So... (laughs) There you have it. If you want to text it, go ahead. And actually, that might be a good little exercise. If you are listening to this podcast, please pick up your phone and text, I listened to your podcast. Can you send pictures to that number? 
725-333-5374. Again, that's 725-333-5374. That's outsourced to Outer Mongolia, right? (laughs) Yeah. Shipping and handling, not included. (laughs) (laughs) Are there the last four numbers? Say it again. Representatives are standing by. It is 725-333-5374. But but for real, can you send photos to that? I don't know if you can send photos. You can try. Don't. Yeah, I don't know if I want people sending photos to it. Actually, <laughs> the Mongolians wouldn't get it. <laughs> no, it's actually a, it's just a Google Voice number. It actually would probably either go to my cell phone or my email. So I don't know. But yeah, it's an actual phone number. So there you go. Whoever asked that question, <laughs> that's our phone <laughs> number. Um, what was the the third question that we were going to go over? Can you play oh. video games too much? Or, yes. Or how often? How many? Yeah, yeah. How many hours per week do you play video games? Beast and Beauty. Did you guys want to take that? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't On think I could. I don't think I could count. <laughs> how do you? How do you quantitate quanti- yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I play while the kids are napping. I play after they go to bed. <laughs> And it, it yeah, depends on what you count as video games. If you mean like me sitting <laughs> in front of my console with a controller in my hand, but on top of that, what? there's doing like curls with it or something. Mobiles and all kinds. Oh of yeah, yeah. Games, I see right? what you're well, so. and I mean, you know, we've got our two-year-old who absolutely loves Minecraft. Like he just likes to nice. watch us run around and hit the animals, or like he He's thinks it's really funny. He likes the, the worms, worms battleground game, the little worms. You know, they oh, shoot yeah. the bananas <laughs> at each other. At each he, other. He, he thinks that's hilarious. Blood, yeah. So you know, we're doing that kind of stuff with him too. So he likes Peggle and the, you know, the one where you get rid of all the little dots or whatever. Uh-huh. So I mean, yeah. Sure, blame it on the kids. That's fine. <laughs> I, we don't play a lot. The kids do. No. <laughs> We're a gaming family. Yeah. We're a gaming family. Families that game together stay together. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I end up playing. I used to have just one night a week, like during the week where I could play. But now I've, I've bumped it up to two. I must have been good or something because I've, I've got two, two nights now, Tuesdays <laughs> and Fridays, where I, where I can play, uh, Destiny. So I'm, I'm grateful for you that. You now get two fun. gold stars. I can, <laughs> can I have a third one? So yeah, it's it's been fun. I play sometimes on the weekends when I can sneak it in after the kids go to bed. And but uh, but yeah, it's definitely changed. I, I, I admit, like obviously, I mean, hopefully it should. <laughs> after you start a family and whatnot, like yeah. your gaming habits definitely change. And yeah. um, it's interesting for me. Like when I first got like, when I first got married, it was like zero video games. Like that was it for me. Like I I went from playing like a lot like a lot, way too much, to playing absolutely nothing. Because, you know, you're focused on your marriage and whatnot. And and then little by little as, you know, time went on, I started getting a little bit more time to play video games. And then there have been times where I've played way too much. And I've had to realize, wait a second, this looks like an addiction. <laughs> and so you have to dial it back. And it's all about, and Beast, your article was, was really cool that you, that you did, the uh, embracing your inner gamer how to find your inner gamer because it did talk about like balancing life with you know this form of entertainment and and uh, I really like the article so if you haven't if you haven't read it yet check out our our website go to lbsgamers.com and click blog 
and Valiant Beast has put out an article that is worth reading, talking about uh, finding your inner gamer, and it is epic. Yeah, yeah it's very well. It's, <laughs> it's much better yeah. than yoga. <laughs> so it yoga. You can actually read it while you do yoga. Too. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I've thought about uh, writing one that being like a a mom gamer, like gaming. Oh, kids, sure. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I just haven't had the time to do that. Yeah. I just remind myself of We Fit Yoga. You could video game and do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's get... Sorry, Sorry go ahead. Oh, no, no, gonna... you go ahead. Um, I'm done. I was going to say, Volume Beauty, if you wrote an article like that, I would be so interested not only reading it, but sharing it. My whole family is full of married female gamers who are mothers, so... Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try and get on that. I've thought about it for a couple weeks, so I probably should do it. <laughs> That's it's inspiration. Awesome. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Hey. Hey. What listen. Say? <laughs> no. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll just go ahead and move on. Let's get down into the meaty goodness of the podcast. Now that we've spent, I don't know how long, because I can't see through my door. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Pokemon Go. And if I had, like, a little violin to play, I would, because it's sad. Because the player bla- the player the player base the player base is dwindling, and I want to talk because I know Malice and Stud. I know you guys have played it, but um, I want to talk a little bit about what do you think is the reasons behind the sudden drop off in interest in Pokemon Go? Because I mean, it was it was hype, hype, hype. I mean, it was hype nation. Oh. Everybody Pokemon just Go. got and so everybody. athletic. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Perfect. I hope that makes it onto the podcast. Oh, amazing. If not, we'll have to find a find it, put it in. But uh but yeah, I mean it was huge. I mean, right? I mean it fill it's it like blew up. Like millions and millions and millions of people were playing it and all at once and it was changing how society worked and you know, just a lot happened and then I think there was just a lot of pushback. In certain places, like I know this is a sore subject, but the Provo City Library. Yeah. You guys yeah. want to talk about what happened there? Oh. <laughs> no. No. Like I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because I find it yes, really, please. really. It was a little messed up what the city did because I didn't get to participate in it, but they had a Pokemon Go catchathon in on Center Street in Provo, in downtown Provo, and they it went on for like I think it was forty five minutes. You had no ninety minutes. It was ninety minutes to catch as many Pokemon as you can. And, and there are, like, a ton of Pokemon stops down that street. And all the proceeds for your registration fee would go to helping the Provo City Library. Mm-hmm. And they waited to, they, like, worked with Niantic to make sure that the Provo City Library kept their Pokestops until after, like, right after the Catchathon happened. No. The very next day, they took down the Pokestops. No. And so all of these that. people who had met each other, for the most part, at the Provo, Provo City Library catching Pokemon and hanging out there with other Pokemon Go players... Um, had met up for the catchathon and and spent a, like spent ten dollars each to do the registration fees and stuff and and bought like lures and a lot of people actually invested financially in Pokemon Go itself so that they could try and win the catchathon. Yeah. Um, and it it was awful because like the very next day the Pokemon Go stops at the city library were down <laughs> and it was the worst thing I've ever seen anybody plan to do around a video game like taking advantage of a yeah. video game that way. That's strange. Just as a backstory, and I mean, I I don't live in Utah, but 
the po- the Provo City Library was the home of four seemingly constantly lured Pokestops. I mean, am I right? For like yeah, the yeah. duration of the game. It was game. a hot spot 24-7. Yeah. And there was a lot of people. I mean, you guys can talk more well, than I, I can didn't about play it. it, and I knew that just because I'd drive by. <laughs> <laughs> there was always, always four lures at the Provo Library. There's always at least 50 people there at all times. During the day, there would be up to 200 people sometimes. It was just amazing how many people would show up there. Yeah, and even at night, you could just go in the middle of the night. I remember when I got my iPhone update finally, and I could really play the game because it wasn't programmed for the old iPhones. Um, I, it was 11.48 at night when I pulled up to the Provo City Library. The game had been out for two weeks, and there were almost 300 people there, including a DJ Gosh. and a couple of people selling oh, homemade right. Pokemon Go shirts and things. <laughs> um, and it, the the hype didn't die down. Like The Provo City Library was like, okay, this is nice. And then there was a point where Stud Muffin and I went Pokemon Go walking, I guess, around campus into the library on a day. And there was a wedding happening inside the Provo City Library, and there were so many people out front that... What, like the maid of honor or somebody had to come out and say, hey, we're, we're having a wedding, they're about to exit, if you could just get behind these light posts so that we can take pictures, we'd really appreciate it. And then, like, nobody moved. Not one oh, person. Oh, no. And I, I had just bought a... I happened to have a megaphone with me. <laughs> it was, like, hilarious, perfect planning. <laughs> I happened to have a megaphone with me. I, had, I didn't mean to be a rude person with it, but I had been kind of studying for a cosplay I wanted to do of Megaphone Lady at the SLC Comic-Con. And um, any anyone who's been there, they know who she is, the volunteer with the megaphone. She's always there. Um, but I had just bought it for like $8 and got it shipped to me on Amazon. And I had it with me because I wanted to test it out and have a little fun with it. And I, I finally pulled ask, it out. Like, do you normally just have like a megaphone just chilling? <laughs> no, like I put it behind my door. I haven't pulled it out in forever. But... Megaphone malice. <laughs> megaphone malice. Megaphone malice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the... I like... Be, they waited till like a minute before the wedding party was supposed to come out, and I finally just got up on the staircase by the door and got out the megaphone and said, "Hey, you guys, this is somebody's wedding day. Don't be like this. Like, get out of the way." And I, I, I <laughs> essentially had to like, game. Yeah. Should, I, should I turn on the siren and everything? There's like a police siren going off, and people <laughs> over and like looks up. Oh, some people start running. I guess that's their natural reaction oh, to a siren. Just running. They're dumping their pockets, just poking it. Drop all the pokeballs and run. And there were a couple people. Let's hold these pokeballs for a cousin, it. man. <laughs> so, so that's like, not my Pikachu. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> So I understand that the city library had, like, crowd control issues with it and whatnot. But I honestly, instead of taking down all four, I would have, like, taken down two of them or one of them and made it like any other gathering of Pokemon Go places. Make it so it's not a hot spot, but still a place you can go and play Pokemon if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what, what surprised or shocked me the most as, like, an onlooker was that they, you know, their Twitter, they'd put out this, you know, hey, come buy these T-shirts or order these T-shirts or something having to do with, like, purchasing something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the next day or two days or whatever it was later, all of a sudden they were gone. Like, it's like, oh, just kidding. We actually had them removed, you know? It was like, well, shouldn't you guys be, like, communicating this with the people that are in charge of your Twitter account? <laughs> like, I just felt that was really weird, really awkward to, like, just to be watching this unfold. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. kind of happened, too, is there was miscommunication. The the people yeah. taking care of the grounds and the, and the library didn't like all the traffic that was leaving garbage everywhere. Every time I go play, I'm kind of weird, but I'd pick up garbage. I was like, I'm yeah. I'm just sitting here playing Pokemon. So I might as well walk around and pick up garbage that people can buy. I mean, they, they put out garbage cans more than they have usually just so people would throw it away and no one was doing it. I was like, well, I might yeah. as well do it. I even found someone keys once. Oh, gosh. I found wow. somebody's car keys. It had a gym pass on it, so I took the gym. I was like, hey, I found these keys. But 
So like, well, I just they understand. just didn't like how how dirty the place was getting. Cause people weren't respecting it. Well, that's what I don't get. I mean, if you're there, I mean, I understand. You know, video games are fun. Yeah. I'm, you know, I know that. <laughs> but you know, if you're there on someone else's property, I don't see it as a hard thing to like clean up your garbage. I mean, are, were they really like just a ton of sloth hogs just like chilling out playing Pokemon? Like, I just don't understand. Like, why would you just leave your garbage everywhere? I need to see a picture of what a sloth hog is. <laughs> I don't know. Don't Google it. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think this kind of plays to the whole evolution of LDS gamers to start is that lots of times there's a negative and dirty kind of attitude towards games, video games, and gaming. Yeah. And that kind of plays off it. I mean, even in somewhere like yep. Provo, where there's lots of members and a high concentration of LDS, there can still be that dirty kind of negative feeling. Sloth hoggery. Yeah, sloth hoggery. Yeah. About gaming. <laughs> so. Want to put that on a t shirt? <laughs> well, Quit thy sloth hoggery. Even, even the church came out and was like. Yeah, we know there are, there are pokey stops, I guess, around some of the church buildings and things like that. Oh, and they were right. like, all are welcome, you know. We don't care why they came, but invite them to stay. And, but, you know, I mean, Yeah, a lot of the yeah. temples are poke gyms, so they're <laughs> hot spots also. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's interesting. But I'm sure the missionaries love that. We go to Salt Lake <laughs> Square and there's poke stops and gyms over the place. And the missionaries are like, oh, hey, are you playing Pokemon? Let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> sounds really funny I'll put it that Perfect way. But the eternal yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> it's your salvation that you should be catching. <laughs> the best water type is baptism. <laughs> the best fire type. Amazing. The spirit. Yeah. <laughs> the spirit. That's awesome. Want to know how to get a free revive? <laughs> <laughs> It's so perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, so yeah, so Pokemon Go is just slowly dying off. And I think a lot of it was that Niantic has just made some really poor decisions. And I don't mean, I hate to be negative about anything really, but Niantic just made some, I think we've talked about this before, this player antagonistic type things where they cut off a lot of the third party tools. I mean, I wouldn't say that they were cheats. Per, well, okay. Let me back. I say that because I use them. They were cheats. <laughs> they were. Cheats. <laughs> <laughs> they, were you, they had the maps that they took down, um, where you could just go and like pretty much just snipe the Pokemon that you wanted to get. And I understand that, but a lot of people were using them, and when they took them away, it killed the fun for a lot of people. But like, I kind of understand. Like if I had not used them, I guess I could understand more, because I got so used to using them. Like, oh, okay, pop open the app. Like, look at the map. Oh, there's you know. There's a Snorlax over here in this neighborhood. I'll just jump in the car, and go get it really quick. And and when they took that away, it was like, oh, I don't want to open the app anymore, you know, because now I gotta <laughs> actually go out and walk, you know. I don't want to do that. <laughs> For, first, I was like, okay, so, I'll go out and walk and hatch eggs. Now it's like, oh, I don't yeah. want to walk anymore. Yeah, exactly. It kind of changed <laughs> it. So I guess we really ruined the game for ourselves. Really, is what it comes down to. Are you sure but, everyone didn't just get become so fit? That they didn't need to walk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in a matter of three weeks, everyone Millions was so fit. Millions of people, they, I, they reversed. 
decades of childhood obesity. I, I, I know somebody, her husband got out and walked and he's lost like 65 pounds. So, Oh, really? I, mean, I guess that's it helps funny. some people. Yeah. That's a lot of Pokemon. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of Pokemon. That's funny. Well, let's jump right into uh, No Man's Sky. We need to talk about the great flip-flop of No Man's Sky. And I don't mean to say flop-flop because... I know that Stud has actually liked the game, so I'm sorry. But I have not, I have not played it. Stop making fun of my so game. That... Flop. <laughs> sorry that he likes it. <laughs> sorry making fun of it. So go ahead. Take it away, Stud. What have you found with No Man's Sky? How so, have you been liking it? So I seem to more recently be more into games that are easy to play and like chill or relaxing. Uh, that's one sure. thing I really like about Minecraft is that I could go attack a bunch of monsters or I could just build a house or like dig a cave for myself and hide in a hole. I could do whatever I wanted to. Yeah. And that's kind of right. why I like Factorio too because it's the same mantra. I could do something simple or I could go attack bugs. And that's kind of how it was in No Man's Sky. It was just an easy game. It was fun to fly around and explore different planets and see some of the weird generations their computer came up with for animals and new creatures. <laughs> it has some very like interesting the ones. There's <laughs> <laughs> some really hilarious ones sometimes. So, and it probably helped me that I didn't follow any of the hype for it. So I wasn't expecting, I didn't know what to expect um, from the game. I just knew it was a space game, you could travel to the planets, oh, that sounds fun. So well, a lot of people that don't like it seem to be the ones that were on the hype train, they were following it all the time, cute, like, cute. like Malice here. It's like <laughs> people that were expecting all this content in the game that wasn't there, and since I wasn't expecting it, yeah. it didn't hurt my feelings it wasn't there, because I yeah. didn't know, I was ignorant, I guess. I was yeah. happily ignorant. Ignorance is bliss, though. It was bliss. No chocolate yeah, is bliss. I... <laughs> no, it's just genre. I kind of feel like there is there's like this balance that these game developers have to kind of fight against, and that is how much we want to hype up our game before it comes out so that we can generate enough sales to cover all of our expenses and turn a profit versus, you know, what the actual game turns out to be. You know, I mean, because I just feel like so often lately there's just been like all these like marketing pushes like oh push our game push our game push our game it's gonna have this and that all these promises made so that everyone gets really hyped about it and then they sell a ton and then people are really really angry because it's like promises weren't kept features never made it in especially on these some of these Kickstarter campaigns but I you know the game developers like hey we got paid you know is that the really the bottom line for for most of them is that hey as long as we get paid we'll hype this to the moon. I mean, I've kind of noticed that trend recently also, that just yeah. games big games being released are incomplete or not finished properly. They're not given enough time to do it. And it yeah. seems like it's transferring a lot of things. I feel like the Kickstarter mantra is, is kind of causing a lot of that too. A lot of stuff on Kickstarter like is really hyped up, looks great, until they make all the money, and then they kind of disappear. And yeah. You never yeah. hear from them again. Like Niantic. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Pokemon Go had, had some issues with that as well, or... Um, even like the Halo Master Chief collection when it came out was super hyped up and so buggy I couldn't play online when it came out. It was so buggy they gave me a free month of Xbox Live just for buying the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think No Man's Sky, I think that it it actually held the expectations well for a lot of the people who, like like Stud Buffin, weren't going in expecting a lot. They were just Mm -hmm. expecting... Uh, a game with neat graphics, infinite atmosphere that you could just explore. Sixteen forever. quintillion planets. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> counted them. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but what I found was that I, before I started playing it, because Stud Muffin kind of like 
asked me, hey, are you going to play this? And I was like, mm, I, you know, it's going to be $60. I don't know if it can. And he's like, well, we'll figure out something. And so I was like, okay. And so I started watching other people playing it whenever um, the beta, playing the beta and whatnot, and whenever that sure. was released. And um, some of my favorite YouTube channels and stuff, they were playing through, and it seemed really neat. And they were, like, coming up with all these planet names and stuff. And then whenever I got in the game, I was kind of disappointed at that point because I'd done so much, like, studying up on it, trying to figure out what it was all about. Uh, um, like all of the same star systems and things that I explored were the, they were the same names as the ones of the YouTubers who'd played them three oh, or four geez. weeks before me. And I was just like, if there's 16 quintillion planets, why am I on the same why one that somebody see, else was why on? Why am I seeing these? Yeah. And, and I'm just wondering if maybe the names weren't generated correctly to give them separate names. Cause it looked like a different planet, but at the same time I was kind of upset cause I'm also... I'm a closet race car gamer. <laughs> um, not a lot of people know that about me. I absolutely love racing games. Um, Need for Speed Underground was one of my like all-time favorites whenever I was in high school, and uh, I was kind of hoping that the the spaceship p- portion of it would be less Eve-like and more Grand Theft Auto-like. I guess um, I wanted a, a spaceship that could get souped up in a way, not just bulked up for mining capacities and battling but like right. i wanted to be able to explore further than anybody else and do kind of a star trek thing and just be like pushing out further and faster than all the other explorers that were playing the game do like multiple twitch and finish streams where you have different away teams for star trek going to explore planets yeah we actually discussed this <laughs> and i was really excited about it but then the oh it's the multiplayer isn't going to happen uh, uh, apparently and I was very, very upset about that because I was kind of banking on that entirely. Um, and then no. the it's it's essentially, as far as the ship travel goes off-planet, you're playing Eve. You're literally just playing Eve <laughs> when you're in space. And it's it's just kind of nerve-wracking because I, you know, Eve's been out for a long time. Yeah. And I was like, there's already a game that does this. I don't I don't <laughs> want more of this. I want, yeah. if, I, if I'm going to do mining, I'm going to do more Minecraft. I want more better. I want more better. More better. More better. Um... But it's, it, <laughs> I think that it fulfilled a lot of other people's expectations, like I said, but I just, I can't see myself playing it anymore. I kind of feel bad because it's essentially a waste of hard drive space now to me. Aww. Good thing you have a big hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat glad I didn't spend the money to buy it for PC. Is what is on PC, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's only on PC. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was on PS4. Oh, and PS4. I was thinking like yeah. Mac because I have a Mac. Oh, okay, I can't play gotcha. It on Mac. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad because I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like I don't I don't like the games that are like necessarily like lonely. Like I can do Minecraft, but I much prefer to do Minecraft on a multiplayer server. Oh yeah. I mean, I love Minecraft and I love like having like your own space, but I also like being able to chat with people and like meet up and and do community stuff with them and. Like, that's just really appealing to me. So I think No Man's Sky would have been a hit and a miss for me because my style yeah. of gameplay is much more social. Um, yeah, the most fun I'm playing No Man's Sky is when we did get Infinicine working. So it was Malice, myself, and another friend, Psycho, all playing Infinicine, or playing No Man's Sky, but we were doing it Infinicine so we could have all three of us on the stream. So we're on our Discord uh-huh, chat, talking to each other about our different experiences, what we were seeing. We, could, we were each watching the stream so we could see what each other was doing. Oh, that's so cool. so that made it more fun. It still wasn't really multiplayer, but it was more fun to play that way. And that's the most right. fun I had while I played No Man's Sky. Yeah, so it was like a not so much local split screen. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, bottom line is, if you're into the single type of gameplay and you like exploring, No Man's Sky would be okay. Is it still at sixty bucks right now? 
I think it went down five dollars. Oh wow. <laughs> That's cool. All right. I, I know GameStop won't give you anything back for it anymore. They probably it, had too oh, many. They, too they many used to give you the back. full price, but they got too many sellbacks, so now it's yeah. like fifteen oh. bucks they'll give you back for the game. Yeah, I mean it's not their fault the game flopped. Yeah. So Well, cool. Alright, well let's uh let's jump right in to Destiny. Dun da 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 Destiny. The Rise of Iron expansion is coming out and that's what we're gonna be talking about right now. What are we down to? Five days? Four days? Yes. Today's time of recording is the fifteenth. Hopefully this gets out tomorrow. So But yeah, the twentieth of September. Okay. Yeah. So for those of you that have not finished your moments of triumph, get on it. You have four days. Clock is ticking. And if you're missing the calcified fragments for the uh, challenge modes, you can do them all. Like all the challenge modes are active right now for the for the raid. So that's same with that's uh, good. Quarter Oryx. Oh really? I didn't know that. Through all three tiers. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because I got really anxious because I didn't know when or how often they they rotated for the Court of Oryx. So I got really scared that I wasn't going to make it, but that's awesome that uh, you can now just do all of them, which is great. Yeah, it's just rotating so, the, the three bosses. Yeah. They're basically giving it to you guys, so if you don't have it, just go get it. And you can order a shirt that no one will know what it means, but at least it will have your gamer tag on it if you want. Oh, it does? So, Ooh, fancy. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can add your gamer tag on it. It's like extra like three bucks or five bucks or something like that. You can add your gamer tag. But um, We should do that with all these D-shirts. Make like LDSG jerseys. Yeah, totally good. I actually, and this is worth noting, I actually have a a, like a heat press, like for making t-shirts and sublimation stuff. And I have a printer and ink and sublimation papers and all that. So like, I have like a full blown, cheap t-shirt making thing in my basement, and I haven't used it. So I'm smelling at home sweatshop. <laughs> All right, kids. Today we're gonna learn how to make T-shirts. <laughs> no bathroom breaks. All right. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's terrible. <laughs> All right. So let's take a quick moment to talk about the rise of iron because it is very hyped, and I'm personally very excited about it. And it's kind of brought me back into Destiny. I've actually noticed it's brought a lot of people back. Yeah. To Destiny. A lot. Which is really cool. Yeah. And so you have all these people that are like, how do I raise my light level? How do I, how do I raise my light level? You know, all at the last minute. But it's been fun. So it's been interesting because I've recently started listening to some of the Destiny lore podcasts. And I've started to realize that Destiny has a really rich story. And I know that like a lot of people thought like Destiny was like kind of when it first came out, like in year one, they kind of like missed the mark. And to some extent, I believe they did, but it's just not in time... the, it's not in the game as people expected right. it to be. It, you yeah. have to go elsewhere to find the right. story. It's, it's kind of a new way of doing it. I don't, I don't know of any other games that have done it like this. They're, I'm, they're very well could be, I just, I'm not aware of them, but I kind of like it because if you're not sitting in front of your console, you still have ways of finding out, and learning about the game, which is really cool. Um, so, the rise of iron. It's it's a the story kind of follows uh, the 
the like what happened to the Iron Lords, which there were eight of them that we know of. And if you're familiar with Iron Banner, you know some of their names from the weapons and the armor, like Timur's Lash, like Timur. Um, I think I think Tim, Timur was a warlock. Um, then there was uh, Fellwinter. Fellwinter was also I think Fellwinter was a warlock, or no, I think Fellwinter was a titan. But um, anyway, this, it lists the, all of these you were right the first titans, time. and we know that Lord Saladin is also an Iron Lord. We know that, but we also know that eight of them died during uh, the. That what happened was the Siva, which was like this biomechanical entity, like this self-replicating virus, if you will. Um was created and it was so dangerous that they they had to hide it and take it away and they all uh, those eight iron lords sacrificed their lives to make sure that this was the siva was contained um so you come to find out that lord saladin was the one of the only ones that survived and ephrodite also survived but we don't really know where ephrodite fit in to all of this it's kind of speculated we don't know where she was like if she was there with lord saladin sort i keep wanting to say saladin because i think of wreck it ralph when he says satan and he says it's satine <laughs> <laughs> so saladin um but yeah so Ephrodite is going to be playing a big part i don't want to give any spoilers away but um it's just gonna be awesome like i'm really excited there's the lore is so rich and it talks about the iron not just the Iron Lords, but the Iron Wolves, which were a, a subset of, of I, don't, I don't know if they were Guardians or not. I know the um, the Iron Lords were Guardians, um, but they were there at, like right before the last city, you know, because when you start, when you're in the game, the last city is like the last city, like it's been going for hundreds of years. And But the Iron Lords were there at the forming of the last city. And right as the Fallen were trying to wipe the humans and wipe everybody off the face of the earth, there was the Battle of Six Fronts. And I'm sure if you are familiar at all with the lore, or you've heard anything about uh, the Rise of Iron, you've heard about the Battle of the Six Fronts, or the Battle of Six Fronts. And that was when um, the Titans, there was uh, like four, three or four orders of Titans that all like kind of just assembled to protect the city as, and one of them was, I think one of the, uh, I don't want to get too much into the lore, but one of the order of the Titans was um, the the Pilgrim Guard, and the Pilgrim Guard order of Titans were in charge of protecting and rescuing all the refugees that were making their way into the last city in Russia. And so I thought that was a really cool, interesting piece of lore that there was like this just a set of Titans that were the Pilgrim Guard. Like that just sounds so epic to me that they were the ones that were like responsible for just protecting the refugees as they were coming in and. There was others that would like go out on patrols and and kill the, off the fallen and, but that's enough of the lore I'm going to get into right now because I don't want to get into spoiler area because I know people get really salty about that, <laughs> so just have to wait and see. But what I wanted to talk about was what we were most looking forward to from the reveal um, uh, uh, that's coming up. So Beast and Beauty, I know you guys are obviously going to play it, yeah. and. So, what are, you, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, is our mic working? Yeah, it's 
Okay. Yes, I can hear you guys. It, it, it said something earlier and it wasn't going through, so I just wanted to check. Oh, no. um, I, I don't know. There's a few different things that we're most excited about. Um, I think one of the things Beast is excited about is the new artifacts. Mm, yeah. The artifact system. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited and kind of nervous. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them. Yeah, and some of them have potentially game-breaking Breaking. abilities on them. <laughs> Which uh, ones are you talking about in particular? Um, so one of them, for example, is the Memory of Felwinter, which in, in order to get these, you do a specific quest, and then you go turn this memory in to one of the statues, and then it gives you the artifact. So the Memory of Felwinter is one where you lose your super, but you gain an extra grenade and an extra melee charge, plus a boost to all your stats, and orbs recharge your grenade and melee abilities. So that's oh gosh. a lot. Yeah. So full-blown beast mode right there. Yeah. <laughs> so does it stack? Do you know if it'll stack? Like if you like if for instance if you're a warlock and you've already got two grenades in the hopper and we don't you pop your know. super. Two, two grenades is the yeah. most that you can have. Max. Yeah. Okay. So two grenades yeah, and two melees is the max. You can't get three. They've said that. Um, okay. I guess that kind of goes with like kind of how it is right yeah. now. Whereas if you have like an ability like Gift of the Sun is an extra grenade for a warlock mm-hmm. sun singer. But then if, but if you, you have like the armor, you can't. You don't get three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the armor that gives you an extra grenade it doesn't stack. Okay. Right. Well, that would make sense. It'd be consistently. So that's yeah. kind of good. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see because oh. obviously you'll already want to be running only strength and discipline, because there's no point in having yeah. intellect if you don't have your super. Plus right. there's a boost to those, plus orbs recharge those, so it'll be pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Are there are there other perks you guys are looking forward to that you've heard about uh, so far? or? Well, so they give kind of if you look at the Game Informer uh, article that they did on Rise of Iron, it it uh, gives you, you know, the different uh, different artifacts and what they'll do. So there's nine of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's eight. There's nine, but there's only eight that it shows you what they are. There's one called the Survivors, and you don't really know. Yeah, because there's one for each. Be. Iron Lord, yeah. and the survivors are both Ephrodite and Saladin. Right. Saladin, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, there's things like as simple as, like, I don't know how many people are going to use this, but it's like Guardians on the other team that are full have full supers are highlighted yellow. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Uh, what, maybe that's just on your... Oh, yeah, enemy Guardians with full supers are highlighted yellow, and then enemy Guardians that are low health are highlighted red. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's that. Yeah, at least you can know who to avoid. That's kind mm-hmm. of game-breaking, too. Yeah. Or there's, like, it gives your sword a new ability where the reflecting that you can do with the sword, it will reflect uh-huh. projectiles. So it'll reflect bullets. It'll reflect <laughs> the rocket. It'll reflect an ogre blast. It'll reflect supers. So, That's I mean, there's... Like Star Wars using the Force type stuff uh-huh. right there. Yeah. And, and then there's like ones that are, like, all of your primary weapons have third eye. <laughs> What? That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. 
So that would be nice. So basically, they're breaking the game for everybody. That's cool. Well, yeah. I mean, you can only use one. So <laughs> right, yeah. But <laughs> it's like each one breaks the game in its own yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> it's not hard to get three each week. Yeah, you get three different ones. Wow. There, it's it'll they'll they'll be three each week that you can get. Oh, that's cool. It's not hard to switch them either. Like you'll see it a lot when you're playing PvP. People jump into their menu, switch to Truth for a heavy, and then switch oh, back really? to their other one. So it's not hard to switch the artifacts. So you could see like people running a sword and then switching to the specific memory to reflect stuff when they get heavy, and then switching oh, back to whatever. So yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> well, I know that there's um, there's new strikes coming. Is there just one strike, or was there multiple strikes? I don't remember. There's that. got one new. Just one. There's new one new okay. one, the Wretched Eye, but they're going to be okay. redoing most likely the three that they didn't redo with Taken King. So Fogoth, Fogoth, and uh, Sepix for sure. Okay. Uh, they're not sure if they're doing the Venus one. The uh, I haven't done it for Back so long. Um, what's it called? Um, I'm drawing the, a blank too. Gosh, what, what is about. it? Uh, Undying Mind. You should do it all the time. No, that's no. Undying Mind. No, that right no that's, that's not the other one. What is it? It's the one that has the same type of guy. Go. <laughs> anyway, it's the big uh, Hydra guy. <laughs> Nexus. The that, Nexus. One, that one. <laughs> Nexus. I'm just sitting here Googling it with like, fire-breathing fingers. Nexus. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So I don't know if they're going to do that one. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they revamp the Fogoth raid. Because I know from what I've read so far that there'll be kind of like a big story reveal within the mm-hmm. new strike. Or within the reprise, it, well, also within the new strike, obviously, and then within um, the Fogoth strike. So it'll be interesting to see how because that one was already, gosh, that one was already intense. You know, yeah. so I can't imagine how that one's. Well, gonna be. from the trailer that they did uh, yesterday, right? The new trailer that they did, I think the that was yesterday. Trailer. Yeah, um, there's like a clip of an ogre that's like it looks like he doesn't have that ogre eye blast anymore. He's got some sort of machine on his head. I'm wondering if oh, that's so from by the Siva. Fogoth. Like, I don't know if that's from yeah. that or something else, but oh, that'd be cool. I mean, yeah, I'm just excited. Could be Archon's Forge or something else. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. So with all of this, they've added private matches as well, which to a lot of people who don't who haven't played Destiny or stopped playing Destiny and you, we are all excited about private matches and they're just rolling their eyes like oh my gosh like that's like standard with like every other first person shooter you know yeah, at least game Halo this was. ghost oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> so we're excited about it because we've been waiting what year and a half two years, two years. for this now we're yeah, in year two three years. right now yeah yeah so we have private matches now which is awesome um, I know we've like everybody in LDSG that have you know played them together. It's just been it's just been so much fun. And I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but do you need to be in a clan in order to do a private match, or no. can you just no, you don't? Okay, you can just join friends, I assume. Yeah. Okay. 
I wonder how, why they added. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if they, I, for some reason, I felt like they added the clan into the game for a specific reason that had to do with private matches. Or maybe it was just to make it easier to find people to play with. And that's yeah, I I, part of it was making it easier. Another part is the host of the private match. Um, it's that clan's match, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like you get to name, like it's got yeah. the name. Yeah, so it'll clan. tell you your okay. clan affiliation under the host. That's cool. Well, and we also have... So not only do we have a new strike and reprise strikes, we have five new story missions, which I'm sure we'll all get through really quick, hopefully, so we can get to tackling the raid. But, yeah, so we've got a new raid, which is supposed to have a huge reveal in it as far as the lore goes. Um, it's supposed to be really shocking. And... So that'll be interesting to find out. And now you guys are you guys are planning on doing a blind run of the run of the raid like as soon as possible, right? Yeah, when it drops. Right when it drops, we've got a group okay, together. Okay, so do we do know that. for sure? Do do we know for sure if we'll be able to do that as soon as it drops? Like just run right into the raid without doing any story missions or get any other gear or anything like that? Well, it doesn't. Oh, we, you've got to farm up. Yeah. So we're going to be getting our le levels up for the first few days. So that we can be a high enough level to at least compete in the raid. Right. And that's, then I think it drops cool. Friday at 10? 10 in the morning. That's when the last one dropped, Taken King. So that's what we're assuming, oh, so, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Friday at 10. That'll be cool. So I wanted to get into why... Because I know a lot of people have come to Destiny and then left Destiny. Especially in our community. Um... What are some of the reasons you guys think that people should come back to Destiny? I mean, because with this release, I mean, it's added, it's added a ton of new stuff. It's brought back a ton of... It's going to be bringing back some of the old stuff, including Galhorn. Galhorn. <clears throat> tried to pronunciate the J too much. Galhorn. And we've got... Well, it's interesting. Let me talk really quick, briefly, about... So the Galhorn is coming back. And when you pre-order, because this is kind of confusing for some people, when you pre-order, you're told you're getting the Iron Galahorn and the Iron uh, Galar Wing, which is the Sparrow. Um, the Sparrow. So, I guess the way it's going to work out is everybody can get that those things, but it's just like the decoration that you get from the pre-order. And as soon as you pre-order, you don't get the Galahorn. You have to like. I think it's, do, it's like is it? I wonder if it's a quest or is it just a story mission. It's a it's a quest. It's an exotic quest. So if you ever did the uh, sleeper simulant, it's kind of like that one. They'll have you okay. build the Galahorn from scratch and kind of work your way up to it through that quest. So even if you pre-ordered it, you'll just get a black one when you finish instead of the normal gotcha. one. Gotcha, gotcha, cool. Because I know the Galahorn is supposedly made out of the armor of fallen uh, guardians. Yeah, from the Twilight Gap. So Cap. that'll be interesting. Right, yeah, so that'll be cool to see how they have you do that. Now, do we know yet how... Because I know, like, they're bringing back, like, your starter weapon, like that... Was it Kosatov? Kavastov? Yeah, the Kavastov. Mosseltov. Mosseltov. <laughs> um, they're bringing that back as an exotic, which is yep. cool. 
because um, that's like your starter weapon. Like as soon as you start the game, you run in, uh, you know, into the wall uh, from outside, and the first weapon you pick up is that gun. And yeah. so now they're bringing it back as an exotic, but it's not going to just be given to you. I think it's going to be kind of the same thing as the Galahorn. You have to kind of like build it. So yeah, I think it has a quest to too. People really liked the exotic quests and trying to do those things to get the guns. It was more rewarding than just having it yeah. drop. And so right, and less people had them too. Yeah, is because they took so much. I mean, gosh, I don't even want to get into that because the relationship I have right now with that stupid holiday jolly whatever <laughs> garbage. The chaperone. The last, yeah, getting the chaperone oh. and having to use... Oh, my gosh. Dude, I've been stuck at, like, 50-something percent for, like, months. Like, I have, I've had that quest, I would say, almost the whole, like, year two. Yeah. It's I'm pretty sure I still ridiculous. don't have my thorn. <laughs> oh, really? I, well, I had to do something like... the street is... I had to, like, kill enemy players to get it in, uh, in matchmaking, but I couldn't uh-huh. do it. So, is it because when it you hand died? Kills or is it void kills? Uh, it was hand cannon kills with the thorn. With, but it, with the thorn, okay. Yeah, but it was like I had to kill players with it, and if I died in matchmaking, then I lost points towards it. So I just always yeah, did a zero, and then can never get exactly it. Exactly what this is. Yeah, the Jolly Holiday quest, which is a chaperone quest that I'm doing right oh. now. It's I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but for those of you that don't, you you have like a kill will get you so many percentage through. Multi-kills will give you more. Streaks will give you even more. But if you die, it's it's like a huge penalty. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I'm, like, inching my way up, and then I'll j- jump way back down. And, like, I've rage quit Destiny, like, four nights in a row. Like, it's just been awful. But I want to get a chaperone, man. Because <laughs> it's such an OP shotgun. It really is. Only if you know how to use it. Only if you know how to use it. So... Oh well, we'll see. But yeah, so come back to Destiny. I I wanted to get into that. We didn't. I kind of just skipped on through it. Uh, I'm I'm most excited for the raid. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly because I've I played other first person shooters, Halo, and different things. And Destiny, the one thing that was just a step above everything else was the raid. Like six people. I agree going in, solving these puzzles and these crazy mechanics and trying to figure out how to get through this just infinitely hard level that takes anywhere from four to eight hours. Like, (laughs) it's just huge. And it's this cool part of the game that you don't get anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see with this first group of you know people that make it you know, to to the raid like how long it's going to take them to go through without like without a guide because I know like for Vault of Glass I mean it took them what how long was it like eleven hours or something like that for the first group to get through it yeah for the world first yeah so and then with Crota's end I don't remember it was like I mean, but we're talking like a long time like I just I'm excited to see if people are going to be able to anticipate how Bungie is handling things and their puzzles and figure them out a lot faster now that we've kind of gotten used to how Bungie does things. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I think this one's supposed to be harder. Um, one of the interviews that they did, one of the guys mentioned that 
eight hours might be too long for a raid. And people almost got upset because they were like, does that mean you're taking things out of the raid so that it's not as hard? And they were tr trying to be like, no, we're just trying to balance it so that it doesn't take <laughs> so long. Back right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, the hype is real. We've been... Uh... We've been talking an awful lot in Discord uh, about the Rise of Iron, and that was why we created the Destiny Spoilers channel, because people were getting salty about us talking about certain things, and um, it, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's it's like, like we said, it's bringing a lot of people back. It brought me back, and it's I've caught the Destiny bug again, so it's now my game of choice as of right now, so I'm excited to see how it's going to go. I had, yeah, I had fallen out of it only because my friends that I played with stopped playing. That was before I joined LESG. But then I also mm. lost the cable to use my headset. So when I oh. did try to play with y'all or even play Halo with y'all, no one could hear me. It was kind of depressing. Oh, no. So I need to get my headset fixed so I can actually play with y'all again. Yeah, it's a very social game. Yeah. It's a very social game, for sure. For sure. Well, if there's nothing else you guys want to get into, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up. We've taken well over an hour now, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So appreciate you guys taking the time to jump on here and and doing this with us. And thank you guys for listening. And uh, I don't know. We'll catch you guys next time. Hopefully it's soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening. See ya. I love you. <laughs>